podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight, I have Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you feeling right now? Apathetic is probably the right word. Um, you know, obviously, I think the biggest thing is, you know, after a string of, you know, of what three draws and, and one loss of, over the last four games, you know, you would hope that they would have been able to kind of put things, finally put things together. But again, it was just kind of more of the same, um, kind of making some dumb mistakes and and just just slow and not quite what we're, we've been, you know, we've been accustomed to um, throughout the season. So, you know, it's it's definitely one of those things where we have to kind of reflect and see, you know, where where things have gone differently over the last few games and what it's going to look like going to the playoffs. Because obviously I think that's the biggest concern at this point, right? It's, you know, like I'm still not on the alarmist bandwagon, but at the same time, you know, again, it's it that it doesn't scream I'm ready for the biggest stage of them all coming up here in what, two, three weeks or so? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting you, you bring that up because uh, I was at the game. Shout out to Max Bredos for hooking my kid up with uh, a couple of tickets. My, he broke his arm and asked for a black cast and a pack of gold Sharpies. And uh, I shamelessly tweeted at Max about it one time, and he gave us tickets to this game. So we were able to go. We made the drive out from Arizona for it. But I, what I will say, Josh, is I don't know after tonight seeing them live if I'm as optimistic as I was 24 hours ago because I feel like they're processing the game slower than ever. Um, And I I don't know if it's a matter of fatigue, but it seems like there's not as many options going forward. There's not as many uh, interchanging plays where you see people swapping positions and moving in and out of the midfield like we've talked about before. Uh, There's not so many overlapping runs from the fullbacks. Uh, The wingers seem to be less creative. and all of that, at least in my mind, again, hindsight being twenty twenty, looking back over the last four games or so, seems to seems to create a trend, at least at least to me, of this team has lost a little bit of its attacking identity, and it's not just missing Dio. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I think you would have thought that maybe the the change in adding Rodriguez and Vela and Rossi together in that at that in the front three would prop you know provide a spark to the offense and it maybe would finally look a little bit different but I think the one thing that I noticed is that like I said it was it's a lot more stagnant stagnant than it previously was you know the offense actually reminds me was almost similar to you know what we had seen from you know the galaxy at times this year where it was you know a lot of let's just lump ball forwards and you know one-on-one takes on the outside or whatever it may be as opposed to the nice interplay and the and the you know and the one-two passes and all those types of things that we again we had gotten used to over the first part of the season and again i think you just haven't quite seen that there's there's flashes of it right there's a there was a couple moments i think where you saw you know, Vela and and Rodriguez start to figure each other out, but again, maybe that's a big part of it, right? It's just again the lack of familiarity and and in how they go about it, but or maybe trying to just find more of a defensive, you know, a defensive stability, you know, if you will. Yeah, not that that mm-hmm. really provided to be true in this game either, but you know, again, there are certain things where it just seems like they haven't quite been able to 
you know, square things away um, with, you know, in the second, what were the last third of the season um, since, since the end of the trade deadline right. or transfer window. Sorry. Right. I, um, I, I, it, I like that you brought up, you know, maybe, maybe we do need to play a little bit more defensively. I think, uh, the fullbacks are becoming an issue, and I I would assume it just has to do with them logging so many minutes uh, for being the veterans that they are, speaking of Harvey and Betashore. And these are two guys that we've given a lot of praise and I think well-deserved over the season. But I don't know if they're good enough one-on-one to be making significant impacts on these bunkered teams. Now, Toronto wasn't necessarily bunkered. You and I have you kind of spoke offline about uh, how they played this sort of compact mid block uh, with both a high back line and, you know, not necessarily pressing, but uh, it's line of confrontation seemed to be uh, the, the midfield circle on our side of the field. Um, so they played this really compact formation um, that was going to be difficult to pass through. So, you know, the idea is you attack down the wings, but we didn't see the fullbacks overlapping and I don't think Jordan Harvey uh, wants to ever cross. And again, that's not necessarily our game. But at some point, you do need to show that threat of being able to roll across a, a you know, along the six-yard line and uh, have a striker put a toe to it. Um, and I mean, maybe maybe we became allergic to that after Christian Ramirez missed so many of those sitters, but. I feel like that's a that's an issue. I think Stephen Betashore is the one that will tend to overlap a little bit more out of the two fullbacks, and he'll play in crosses. I think we've got one or two goals like that in the last couple of weeks, but he didn't seem up for it today, and we saw him subbed off at halftime um, as a result. Yeah, you know, and it, again, when you look at the dynamic and some of those things, you know, sometimes you wonder, okay, if it's a matter of 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 mileage. Right? Why didn't we see an El Munir, you know, also for for Harvey, right? Who's played the most, well, you know, out of yeah. out of both of those guys, right? Or Palacios, um, you know. And so, I it's my guess is it's probably a tactical issue in terms of their, you know, maybe Palacios' ability to fit into whatever the the scheme is at the given moment, right? I mean, you know, I mean, we we've seen players take a long time to vet into Bob's system and so on and so forth, you know. Um, you know, with the exception of Rodriguez, mainly because of the way that he, where he, the location at which he plays. But even then, I can't imagine that Bob's all too thrilled with the way that he's been playing as no, of late because no. it's more, again, it's more, since he's, when he's been in the lineup, it's definitely been more isolation, more of an isolation type of play, right? It's like he's going to be the one that makes that move, try to shake through three people and then get to the end line and, try and do something, either cross it back and across the box, which he's done fairly effectively, or try and shoot, you know, which he did hit that well, laser, you know, in the mm-hmm. sometime in the second half that, you know, I think the Toronto keeper just had to just kind of push it wide. I think that was off of a short corner, wasn't it? He yeah. Rossi and Rossi uh, played it to him over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think there's, there's moments of inventiveness, but it's definitely not within the context of the free flowing system that we have seen. And I think, like I said, there's something there's just a lack of movement, whether it's from the front three, you know, or even from the midfield where it's, 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 it's definitely, 
it pretty much just feels vertical in the way that they're playing, right? Where yeah. in in the past we would you're stretching defenses left to right, up and down, and then once you get them moving in those directions, now you can use your you can take advantage of your your one on one matchups, you know, to try and and take advantage of the players that you have, right? So then that's when you see a Carlos Vela get you know just destroy one-on-one defending that kind of thing because you're being able to stretch people laterally in this game because they played so vertically and almost played into the compactness of toronto's defense every time either vela or rodriguez got the ball on the wing michael bradley was just breaking play up right like i mean he looked like the old michael bradley from you know when he's playing the lone six for the you know national team in what 2000 12 for you know somewhere in the early 2010s to 15s you know where where he, you know Toronto was in you know or when he was in in Italy and then come to Toronto and make and they made their their run where he was you know probably one of the best mm-hmm. midfielders in the league and so you know he definitely turned back the clock for this performance you know but at the same time right it it doesn't that's no excuse as to why again there, another adjustment was it made to try and find that width and those things. You know, Blackman did a little bit better job of it, you know, in terms of p- playing out wider. But for whatever reason, you know, over the last month and a half or so, um, what you start to see is, again, less overlapping from the fullbacks. They tend to play into the midfield with the forwards out wide and then them playing one-on-one. Again, whether that's intentional to make sure that there's that defensive stability, I don't know. But at the same time, even with that, we've gotten beat over the top with the midfield. I mean, with the fullbacks kind of just getting their heads caught in the backfield, if you were to use a American football yeah. term. Yeah. Right. You kind of just end up staring at what's happening in front of you. And then all of a sudden that ball is played over the top. And then you're in a foot race that, again, at their age, they're probably not going to win, um, you know, that they're not going to win. So, right. again, there's you know- definitely a lot to be desired. When I, on the drive home tonight, I'm trying to think of like, what can you do differently here to help what is clearly at this point after five matches, a stagnate, a stagnated offense. And I was wondering if going to a three back, a three center back line would help where you basically just have Latif and I don't know, Palacios or El Munir play as, as true wingbacks. Um, you move Tristan Blackman inside. You have him partnered with Zimmerman and Segura. And then you just free the wingbacks to do whatever they need to, whether it's overlapping uh, or underlapping or, you know, taking defenders on one-on-one. The question I have for you, Josh, is do you think pulling a center back back and parking a three-man line there would help? Or do you think it's just, you know, basically the same thing? We already play with, you know, basically – uh, you know, in a in a two man back line, most of the time when we're in possession, and the fullbacks are already pushed way up the field, so it wouldn't make a difference to play with wing backs. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing, I think the one thing that you know to to give you that stability, one of the three midfielders just has to sit, right? You know, yeah. and I think if look no further than the way that Fabinho plays at Liverpool or Fernandinho plays at Manchester City, who are the two best teams in the world right now. Right in in terms of how when their fullbacks are getting for when their fullbacks are getting forward, there's an intentional there's an intentional um, move from the six or the holding midfielder to sit in between the two center backs, right? Because now the center backs can play out wider, they can play those balls over the top, and then you still have someone in the center of the park, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with both mm-hmm. fullbacks pushing up forward, because again, 
with the majority of teams now setting into you know really low blocks against against those two teams in the Premier League. Again, they had to be a little bit more creative in terms of how they could create offense, right? And so, again, with both teams known for having, you know, uh, very offensive teams, what you do, you know, or so to allow the, either the fullbacks to push forward or to have the midfield go at reckless abandon, right? You basically have to have one of the three midfielders sit back so that way both of the eights, right, which it, we don't necessarily play with like a true 10, right? It's a three-man midfield, one one holding midfielder that plays in that six, and then you have two eights on either side of them that get forward, right? Latif plays off the left, uh, K off the right-hand side, generally. And so to allow both of them to get forward, as well as both half fullbacks, right, there has to be a little bit of stability, but now we're playing with what we've seen was just two center backs, and so you're essentially playing what? A 2-5-3? Yeah. Right, at I times? Think, I think I think to most, like most of the time, it looks more like a 2-3-5. Yeah, at least it did tonight. Where like you would literally see two center backs, uh, uh, Tuesta and either fullback or you know some combination, and then there would be five LAFC attackers just along the Toronto back line waiting for service. Yeah, which uh, is fine, like but these break Burhalter teams where they're just trying to find a ball either through. Uh, or over the top, and it's just never going to work. Yeah, I mean, I mean that has to happen. Though. I mean, if if team like at when Toronto scores that early goal, they're going to drop back into a block, and you have to expect now you have to break down the wall, right? I mean mm-hmm. that that's just the nature of the game, especially when you're playing at home, and it's also what you're probably going to see down, you know, in the playoffs as t- if t- if a team scores early. There's no need to play out. There's no need to really be that exciting. Minnesota did the same thing to us, right? Not right, that long ago. Right. And so, you know, especially after getting an early goal, right? It's a little bit more open and then it all, you know, and then they just shut up shop or close up shop. Um, the issue that I have, right, is that when when you do that, right, what you started to see was Atuesta also flying forward, right? Yeah. So it's one thing yeah. it's one thing to have that two, three, five, right, where you actually have a line of three in front of the two center backs. But when it becomes two... The two fullbacks kind of pinched in and in a little bit tighter, and then all three midfielders and the forwards going forward. Again, you're just not going to have you know the the center backs are basically, you know, they're they're going to have to choose what to do. And on that on the scoring play that you gave up, right? You see Segura all the way out wide. You have you know, um, everyone is basically pulled all the way over across the field. You know, so you have. Segura almost on the, t- you know, Harvey's out there trying to recover. Segura has to play that ball all the way out to the edge, right? And then you have Zimmerman that's played over and then Beta who's basically in front of the goal. And when the ball comes back across, he's there, he's not in a position to make a play, right, yeah. defensively. Yeah. And so, again, they, they lo- they're they losing that shape because we're getting beat over the top. So that everything has to shift to compensate. But, again, I think if you play, if one of the midfielders is – can kind of just recognize the situation. And if two are going forward or if the fullbacks have to push, then he has to sit in between the two center backs. Then you have that stability where now all three can basically drop back and you play a back line of three and you're not really worried about having to chase that all the way out to the edge. Yeah. I think, I think what something you just said is pretty important there about the midfield, having some sort of awareness um, and knowing what the situation is. And I, on that scoring play, you see, I think it's Mark Anthony K who kind of does this toe poke 
inside the box, like, oh, well, I got two guys on the other side of these uh, attackers. I'll poke the ball across and we'll play out of this. But he's got to realize how out of shape everybody is uh, and how unable they are to defend any sort of counterattack should that not come off. And the, the, the proper play there is most likely a clearance. Just avoid the danger so we can you know, reset our, our defensive shape and then try again. Uh, and instead, he tries to poke this ball away, and it ends up, you know, at the feet of what was uh, number thirty-one's n- name? I don't remember who the goal scorer was. Uh, uh, Endo. Endo. Yes, it, it ends up at his feet, um, and he's able to slot it away. That was another thing that they did: is their their wingers, as soon as they would be uh, regain possession, their wingers would push out really, really wide. And you saw both Harvey and Betashore looking over their over their shoulders several times. Oftentimes, they'd see them. You know, you when you look at these wingers, they have 25 yards before they before an LAFC uh, defender was even in, in sight. Um, and it was definitely something that Michael Bradley was looking for several times. I don't know if this showed up on TV. I, I only know because I sat in the South End tonight. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it, it, it's it's. Unfortunately, we've been railing like against this when it comes to the national team. But right, Michael Bradley is is one of the few midfielders in the league that can hit that long diagonal, right, and put mm-hmm. a ball on a dime, and it and it stretches you, you know, it's going to stretch you both laterally and vertically all at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. It's the ball that I've been calling for that we would I would hope we would hit every now and then, right, to just pull the defense across to one side of the field, and that's exactly what happened, right? You see that ball come in, ball gets hit on a diagonal out out towards the edge and then when it comes back across now you're back in recut you're you're having to recover yeah, across yeah. the face of goal. Our right? first and, goal of the season came on a Edward Atuesta diagonal to uh Diego Rossi, I believe. Yeah, but since then we've been more or less very, very direct in the sense where it's, it's basically just try and take a battering ram up the middle of the you know, mm-hmm. up the gut of of the defense and sometimes you break it down, sometimes you don't. But there isn't that same inventiveness where you're pulling people from left to right and stressing them both laterally right. as well as vertically, whereas right now it seems to just be more, again, just either personnel stress or vertical stress that they're trying to attempt to break down again. And it's yeah. not when you're playing against teams that are more disciplined, right, like the way Minnesota was or Toronto was tonight, again, where they're not going to make stupid mistakes mm-hmm. like some of the other teams we played against, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. I do want to take a second to talk about Michael Bradley because uh, while I don't think that he has much of a, a role with the national team any longer because of the, of the level of play, tonight was a clear uh, a clear sign to me that he still got it at the MLS level. Um, he was supremely frustrating to watch because of how fast he processes the game. And you'd see Latif start to come after him and Bradley always I mean every single time tonight was able to turn and make not only a, a pass but a smart pass uh, that would jumpstart an attack and he essentially nullified what is one of our best weapons right now and that's the counter press of uh, Latif Blessing because Michael just processes the game at such a different rate than everybody else on the field and it doesn't really matter how slow he is. He's 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 able to you know make the passes come off right. 
And then they just parked him um, right in front of the back line. I mean, he at, a lot of times he looked like a fifth, uh, fifth defender out there, uh, which is going to stop, you know, the ball being played in from Atuesta to, to Vela's feet that we've grown accustomed to. Yeah, I mean, I think the one the one thing to describe the way he played was very disciplined, right? And yeah. it's the one thing that our midfield's been lacking, right, in terms mm-hmm. of just awareness and those type of things, and it's just discipline to and letting the game kind of come to you and playing at that speed and making things happen, versus what you saw from Bradley, which was exactly that, right? Instead of trying to force things, which our midfield has been known to do, especially in the Carson games or whatever it may be, yeah. right? Bradley did the exact opposite where it was play the simple plot, play the, play the simple and the best pass available to him at every single time. And what that usually did was again, because he can hit that long diagonal, you know, pretty accurately or just, you know, again, just play with, you know, with, with composure, what you didn't see was the turnovers that usually the midfield deal with the grade. Like I said, the, the press was generally non-existent in this game, right? Which mm-hmm. again, led to, you know, with the exception of when it, I think the ball was away from his side of the field, which I think he was playing on. He was in a double pivot tonight, right? I think main, mainly for defensive purposes, just because I don't think he's able to play a single pivot at his age anymore. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, obviously on offense, he was the one that would just would sit deep and just spray balls. Um, but again, I think when you see the way that he played and where he was fitting in and how he, how he was going about it, Right, you just saw that composure again that we we've lacked basically since the Carson games. Yeah, yeah, uh, man, they've got to get it, they've got to get it ironed out here. And like I said, I I really don't know what the answer is other than maybe if you bring in Palacios and you start Blackman, maybe you have some better one-on-one matchups down the wing, and that helps to to mitigate some of the stagnation. But aside from that, I, I really don't know because there, it's not like there's another, I mean, you can bring Lee Wynn in to the midfield, um, but that's it. We don't have anybody else to come in and make things happen on the front line. Uh, I don't think a center back's going to make much difference. And I mean, we can bring it back to the goalkeeper conversation, but I think we've talked that one to death. So to me, it's really, uh, does Lee Wynn bring you anything to the midfield? And what do we do about our fullbacks? Don't yeah, I mean, obviously, I think play. the biggest thing is composure, right? Like, so if you're not, you know, in in a game like today, for example, where they're where they're being where where Toronto's being very disciplined, those kinds of things, you know, from a defense perspective, that's when, you know, again, and the and the press isn't going to do you much, you know, you're not going to get much from the press, right? That's mm-hmm. where a guy like when gives able to make an impact because at then at that point you just have to make smart good passes be incisive be this you know make sure that you know you're getting your it's it's letting letting the game come to you as opposed as opposed to trying to force it down someone's throat which we've been able to do at times you know and so you know it's not like they didn't try to do that for a certain amount of time but realizing that toronto wasn't going to give you know that's where that that adjustment needed to be made but i think the one change i think the one of the changes you can make again i think it's just more Again, you you have to basically sit down at Twesta and say, "Hey, you have he has to dictate play and tempo from the back, right?" Yeah. As opposed to wanting to get forward and being part of this like 
midfield three that's constantly rotating because the other two guys aren't rotating. Right? They're they're right. just driving right. forward and they're they're finding their spots and they're driving forward, which, you know, both of them do that very well. But then again, when you try to get involved in that as well as a as a and and you're not dictating the pace and you know, again, I think you have to turn you have to bring Atuesta back into just being that regista and conductor of the offense as opposed mm-hmm. to trying to be right again that give and go part of the offense which i think he's you know again i think to a certain degree they've gotten a little cute right to to, to yeah. put it bluntly in terms of yeah. how they've gone about it man. i think it's, you see that in the way you're that... playing almost, almost with too much confidence which again maybe the, yeah. i think the one thing you have to raise is are they really that good Right to be able to play with right. complete reckless abandon. Now we have to, you know, you have to remember it's still the MLS, and all three of them have their own set of deficiencies. So at that point, playing within yourself and playing to the height of your ability, as opposed to trying to push it beyond it, outside of the team concept and outside of the the style of play, I think is where they're making a few mistakes right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, should we get into some questions here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, uh, the first one comes from at Tycho Blue. Team looked outworked and out-hustled tonight. Rayuto, looks, Rayuto at speed looks legit lethal, but how do you get him into that space? The first half looked bad, unable to win the ball back at all, and seemed the most wor- that seemed the most worrying fact to me. Um, how do you, you want to take that in a few pieces there? Yeah, I mean, I think as it pertains to winning the ball back again, it, Toronto wasn't going to let you press them. Right, they're they're yeah. they're too, they're good enough of a passing team, and they're not going to be undisciplined. You know, again, a couple of times they were when they you would see them, and then they would kind of just try and hit through through the press, and then you would see them turn over. Especially at what I think it was the beginning of the second second half or so, mm-hmm. like K and Blessing were really turning it up, and you know, kind of just keeping the you know pinning basically pinning the ball down in in Toronto side. Unfortunately, they just couldn't find that final that final ball or they kept trying to push it through back through the middle as opposed to like you were saying playing down the edge and then hitting that low cross across you know hitting the low cross in front of goal and then letting forwards right onto it kind of thing yeah and so yeah so uh, what's up um i never mind it's okay sorry about that no and so you know again so you have you have that in terms of just the way again Toronto's is too good of a possession team to really let you press in that manner and they're and they're not trying to drive forward the whole time right they're perfectly okay just kind of letting it sit and then once you push forward then Bradley hits that pass right so he's inviting that press on and then hitting it as opposed to most people are trying to get away from the press because again they don't you know, again, but Bradley's been in the league and has been doing this for a long time. For as much as people want to hate on him, right? The guy can pass yeah. the ball, right? And right. has been able to do that for a long time and at multiple levels, you know? And so, again, I think you saw that come into factor there in terms of, again, some of those things. As it pertains to Raito and how he fits in, I think that's just time, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, my guess is I'm not sure they were probably planning to have, you know, Dio go out at this time. Right, for right. for right. Um, you know unspecified reasons at this point, and so I think there's going to be a level of planning and a level of chemistry that hasn't quite developed that they're going to need to figure out in a hurry. Right, they have what three days off yeah. before the next one, or so, 
and and I think that's the biggest thing there because again, you see a lot more one on ones as opposed to when you see the Vela and Rossi kind of work together. You see more of those interchanges, the one twos, that kind of thing. The ball's getting a little bit stuck to his foot right now. I think he's trying to do a little bit too much. But even again, you start you're starting to see some of those things come off, and then also starting to see them play better together as they got more comfortable. But again, it, yeah, this is the first game that you've. I think this is the first time that you've seen the three of them play together. So again, I think yeah. that's going to take a little bit of time. For me, I, I think the best look might be Diego Rossi as your striker. And I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about them being interchangeable positions, but I think I really would like to see Vela on one wing and Rodriguez on the other um, to kind of pull, you know, just pull defenders out of position trying to defend them. I don't think there's very many defenders in the league that can take them one-on-one. Uh, and then Diego Rossi doing what Christian Ramirez did so well, which was stretching the back line um, and keeping the center backs honest. Um, because uh, because of his pace, I think that's probably what he's most useful at doing right now. Because, he, I mean, he's not he's definitely not going to beat a whole lot of guys one-on-one off the dribble it's it's really for pace that he beats everybody so uh for me that's how you do it but i'm willing to be corrected or wrong on no i mean i think i think that's probably where you start right and then you know you'll probably see them flip flip sides and those kind of things but again we've i think we've always rossi's wing play has always left us a little bit to be desired as opposed to when he plays more as more of an inside forward where he's just making that cutting run in is when he's at his best yeah so, you know, again, if it allows Vela and, and Rodriguez to be the creators from out wide and then Rossi to be able to just be kind of a poacher, you know, again, but the only thing that you don't get from Rossi is the ability to play that one-two because you know, he's not, his passing skills are not, you know, up to par with some of the other guys, but at the same time, you know, and then maybe that's why you started to see the midfielders start to crash the party a little bit, but again, it just seemed like it would just causing more and more congestion. So, yeah, that, that would be the concern again. I think it's, it's just... It's Rossi playing there gives you probably a little bit less flexibility because I'm not sure. Again, like is he? He's not a he's not a guy that's going to become a power header. He's more of just a stretch the field, like you know, stretch the field type of not, number nine if he's in that role. Yeah. Versus again, some of the you know whether it's Vela, you know, who, who I think started there, is going to drop down to the space a little bit more, do a little bit more in that build up, start to play those one twos, and so that's where I wonder. Um, again, is Rosé going to be capable of doing some of those things? Yeah, I think I think for me with him, like you said, if he's there to stretching the back line, then it not only opens up space underneath for both Rodriguez and Vail, a little bit more space anyway for Vela's and Rodriguez, where today you saw the wingers cut in and it's like, well, Vela's already there, Blessing's already there, so there's a ton of attention from the center backs and the midfield. Um, so you can help stretch them them vertically like that and uh if you have your invert your inverted wingers cutting in now again we can maybe get back to our fullbacks providing some width as well uh down in the attacking third so for me uh in my uh you know again unpaid mind that's how i do it but we'll see what bob comes up with all right next one here uh, from LAFC Kansas, they corrected us and said, not Kansas City, I'm sorry. 
now that I think about it, I think Kansas City is in Missouri, right? Because reasons. I think there's uh, both, right? Uh, yeah, maybe it's on the border. Um, either way, the LAFC Kansas Midwestern supporters, we aren't playoff ready. And the and with the way the team is playing, we're going to end up losing that supporter shield race. I don't know if I'm willing to go there, but uh, it's going to take... I mean, the, the more time goes on, the more it seems like it's going to be at the very end that we finally win this win the shield and then he also says also we need to take more shots and not try to walk the ball in all the time i'll leave that for you yeah i mean i think obviously I, when you look at the expected goals for just hitting shots outside the 18 it's not great right like mm-hmm. it's 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 generally you know same thing with crosses and headers actually it's just it by the numbers it's just not the best way to attack it but at the same time you sometimes you just have to keep defenses honest you know, and right. you know, Rodriguez does a pretty good job of just firing one off every now and then to just keep people on their toes. But at the same time, the reason why you, LAFC tries to play as direct as they do in terms of their buildup is because it's it's known to be the best way of scoring, right? Is to just to just work your way out on mm-hmm. goal, get it down there, and then score. And obviously, not every team's going to let you do it. And so that's why again, you. But I I have more of a problem with the buildup as opposed to the final ball being one that they're trying to walk in versus hit a long shot. Because I think if the buildup is better then you're not resorting to have to hit, hit that long ball and you're going to be able to, again, walk it in the way that we have been for the majority of the season. Right. Right. All right. Last one comes from at LAFC Benjamin, who I had the pleasure of meeting tonight. So shouts to you. Uh, too many long balls, bad giveaways in the midfield, and lack of sharpness has dug a hole early in games for LAFC as of late. Playing catch-up is not ideal for the way LAFC play, so starting out games much more focused with better decisions needs to happen before the playoffs. Do you have anything else to add to that, Josh? I mean, I no, I mean, I'm pretty much sure that pretty summarizes pretty kind of the last four weeks, you know, and some of the things that we've yeah. talked about on the podcast where, you know, again, it was whether it was just shutting off, you know, like just, losing losing giving up goals on dead balls or or just not seemingly coming in prepared and ready for some of these you know for some of the things that teams are going to bring to the table or the adjustment coming a little bit slower than you would like you know i i think again all of those none of those things scream that we're ready for the playoffs Mm-hmm. Right, so I think it's one of those. That's definitely a thing that they're going to have to address and look at in training. And again, the defense's ability was definitely better. They I mean they got like Toronto's goal was one that was well earned because of the ball, the build-up play, and how it was, and how they were able to shift our back line across the field, right? And yeah. so again, it wasn't one of those things where you know people got caught napping or that. It was just it was legitimately because if you if you think about the initial ball that was hit to stretch the defense out wide. Right, they deserve they it's a well deserved goal. Right. And so again, so maybe to a certain degree, you know, I, I think the way how they focus on it and how they kinda go about it, you know, there's definitely progress that has been made comparatively to what it looked like previously from on the defensive end. But now it's about getting the comfort level of the three forwards better because again, I think you just don't see it. And then Again, ultimately, you just have to trust, you know, like people have to trust that everyone else is going to do their jobs, right? And I think with the midfield right now, everyone's trying to do a little bit too much because they don't trust that that next person is actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. 
And again, that's going to come down to them probably sitting down and having those moments where you figure really figure things out. Because should you kind of go down this path where people are trying to do things on their own, right? So Agar is inherently a weak link game, right? As, as good as your best player is, he can only be so effective comparatively to a sport like basketball where they can take the ball out, score, and then continue to repeat that over and over and over again until you win a game. And so you're going to need to have that, you know, like the weakest part of your 11 really step up and really do what they need to do to make sure that you ascend to that next level of dominance. But again, to this point, you're we haven't quite seen them put that all together quite yet. And I think that's what we're probably going to need to see before the playoffs start. Or should we expect you know, to have an, uh, the run or should we be able to make the run that we've all been expecting given the way the season's gone so far? Right, right. Yeah, I think uh, ultimately you have to figure out, I mean, big picture. So at the highest level uh, with an extreme lack of detail, the big questions are how do you make sure that no, the teams aren't, you know, jumping out ahead of you? And how are you going to unlock the bunker? Um, you have a couple different options, but what is it that you actually choose to do? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Bob does with all this. Josh, you got anything else for tonight? No. Um, I think it's one of those things where I think probably need to stew on it a little bit, kind of continue to see what the adjustments and what what news continues to come out, obviously regarding Dio and you know when when his return might be, but also I think in in the short term, just kind of condom, you know, for them trying to figure that in, in training again. Cause I think that's the, the one thing that solves a lot of, a lot of these things is just time to figure it out and, and yeah. see what it looks like. Cause again, and I'm not sure that they've been, they've had that opportunity to do that really since right. the gold cup. Yep. I, I agree. All right. Well, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh, LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right, there you have it. We will talk to you all in a few days. I am actually really looking forward to watching this one again on film and seeing what I missed uh, during all the excitement of actually being there for a change. So we'll get back and uh, watch the film and then come back at you with a more in-depth analysis. But for tonight, that is all. Thanks.